Uh, 12 minutes it is now before 9 p.m. And uh, we're under the microscope this evening uh, talking about obscene wealth and uh, inequality. For the first time in U.S. history, top 12 U.S. billionaires surpassed a combined wealth of $1 trillion U.S. dollars. Now, uh, Jeff Bezos leading the charge there. He's the founder and CEO of Amazon. And uh, uh, by the end of the day yesterday, he had a record wealth of just shy of 200 billion U.S. dollars and the highest fortune Forbes has ever recorded in nearly four decades of tracking billionaires. Yamgela Spengane joins me now on the line as a tech researcher. Dollar, Aabudi, 200 billion, or 197.8 billion. Ay, 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 ay. You know, a lot of people say I am a good hater. Good evening. I don't want people, I, I don't want people to be rich. What's the number? Good evening. I, I good evening to the listeners. It's, it's, it's what it is. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, capitalism creates inequality and capitalism mm. will always create obscene wealth. It's just the way the world system is. And mm. the people, the, the, the billionaires will slowly move towards being trillionaires. You will remember that uh, 20, 25 years ago, Bill Gates was the richest person and he highly... Uh, had anything above 30, 20 billion U.S. dollars. Uh, now, Jeff Bezos has 10 times that, and it's not unrealistic to think that in the next 15 years, uh, the rich people will be counting the trillions of rands in valuation of their wealth. It's just how capitalism seemingly operates. You know, Zangamad, I like the point you, you just made there, the valuation of their wealth. Right, because many people, when we have these debates with our friends and say, "Hey, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, Warren Buffett, now eighty billion US dollars or whatever," we sometimes discuss a shifting target. We we never unpack actually, in effect, what we're talking about. So some people might think this is because of the profitability of the businesses. It's because of the underlying value of the business. Uh, when actually, it probably has very little to do with any of those things. So uh, a lot of times it is about the value. For instance, uh, the majority of Jeff Bezos' wealth, the majority of Elon Musk's wealth is about the companies mm. and what they are valued at. You remember on Monday, Elon Musk uh, gained eight billion U.S. dollars in the valuation of his wealth based on the stock price of Tesla rising 11 percent. But we'll know that mm. value in some of these stock markets is based on sentiment, it's based on what. Uh, the buyers of the stock believe that it will be worth in future. We all know that mm. the, in the history of Tesla, they've barely had more than four quarters that were profitable in their entire 17 years of existence. So it simply means that people are betting the long bet with Tesla being the future of the electric vehicles and autonomous vehicles that at some point it will pay dividends. So they put value in it, not necessarily mm. that... Uh, they are putting a lot of money in Elon Musk's pockets in physical cash, but in valuation. And if tomorrow people stop believing in Tesla, Elon Musk won't be the rich person he is in valuation uh, as he is today. So a lot of mm. this is perceived value of what people believe companies to be worth in the stock market. So all of this really, I mean, Yamkela, is about herd instinct, sentiment, um, and exchange rather than use value right um, and, and i want to maybe draw this distinction because you make a very interesting point to say all of this is really about the sentiment that drives the share price 
which is you know the price at which uh, shares in Tesla, Amazon, you know Alphabet or, or whatever is exchanged, rather than maybe the underlying value for society that uh, many of these uh, oligarchs effectively produce, right? So, so it's not necessary to say that uh, um, Jeff Bezos uh, with 190 billion rand has in effect created 190 billion rand worth of societal value, but it's actually the value of many of those who have a lot of capital and uh, who have very fickle sentiment and who are hoping to speculate and gamble on making some money here. But definitely, it is about uh, all these speculations that people who are sitting there with uh, hedge funds, who are sitting there with government pensions that uh, are worth a whole lot, are speculating that some companies like Amazon that has grown tremendously in the e-commerce space and uh, has taken over that vertical virtually in all places but Asia uh, and the perceived value that it's gaming uh, is going to be. So these people invest a lot of the shares uh, in terms of this money, hoping that it will grow bigger. Hedge funds do that all the time. And even people who trade in the stock market who believe that they'll see a return on the investment of their of their pennies being put into Amazon shares uh, in the next coming decade or so, believe in. So it's, it's definitely about that. It doesn't mean that if Amazon is valued at a trillion rand, it has created a trillion rand worth of value to humanity, mm. but it's the perceived value that it will in future be worth that much based on the value that it will create as a projection. So it's not necessarily that also Jeff Bezos has uh, created uh, 200 billion US dollars in value and he has it in his pocket, but based on the perceived value of Amazon and him being a majority shareholder, it also links to his wealth as a perceived form of value. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting, you know, just as, as I guess we draw this uh, distinction between the value for society and the value in this particular case for the specific companies and a specific vertical in the case of Amazon. Uh, because, you know, often uh, people, uh, you know, who sit at ideological polar ends, certainly of uh, many of us, often argue that what's good for Amazon might be good for the American society and uh, the global economy more broadly. And this idea that if uh, we create uh, the conditions for people to uh, create untold wealth, like the wealth that we're speaking about here, that it has some benefit for society. I mean, uh, what, what do you make of that particular assertion when you think about the numbers that we're talking about here, um, of uh, 190 billion and even more? If, if uh, a, a company is creating value for society, In the long run, surely somehow the benefits must be reaped by all of society. Uh, But we find that in the Western world, and even to a large extent in the Eastern world as well, that uh, companies come out and uh, they create a lot of value, an immediate value for the shareholders. So it's all about the bottom line. Uh, Executives are marked on how much they bring to the bottom line. That's how they get their performance bonuses and all of that. So the value Mm. that is somehow perceived to be that of society seems to be very minimal. It's it's, it's a, by the way, if society loves us, but we still get rich. So if you are giving value to society, the value is still hinged on the fact that those behind this company or this entity will get obscenely wealthy out of the value that they are creating more than how society will benefit at the end of the day because there must be a marker that how much benefit do we derive as an economy 
in the world as mm. the Amer- ordinary American people seeing Amazon being a trillion dollar company, seeing Alphabet being a trillion dollar company. How much benefit does the ordinary citizen of America in Compton, uh, in Texas somewhere, derive benefit from at the end of the end? Is it is it matched to that of Jeff Bezos making obscene mm. amounts of wealth from being the owner of Amazon? And until we find those metrics to weigh that, it will be an ongoing debate. Yeah, yeah. The other dynamic at uh, and I guess it relates to some of the congressional hearings we had over the last few weeks or so, where lawmakers in the U.S. were also effectively saying that the untold wealth that has been accumulated by some of these companies, or Facebook, or Amazon, uh, or Alphabet, and many others, has effectively also distorted the marketplace uh, in the world of technology, um, in the world of e-commerce, and uh, all of the other verticals that some of these uh, companies operate in? Unfortunately, this is the case, and Congress has a point. We'll remember that it, it, it's not too dissimilar to the to the dot-com bubble, where a lot of these mm-hmm. Internet companies in the late 90s and the early 2000s came up, and uh, they had perceived value. They, they were not really doing they, they, they had valuation that was perceived. So when you mm-hmm. have... Uh, an instance where people have perceived value that does not match output. So you have these companies that come into the market and overnight they are valued into billions of dollars, but they don't really match that to the input that they are making to the economy. It really distorts the market in that it, it, it creates a scenario for bubbles and market crashes that are really adversely uh, affecting the economy in the long run. Because if you were to have a crash uh, or another economic crash uh, based on these tech valuations that are existing today. Uh, it will take the, the, the world economy quite a while to recover. We would all slump into recession because we know that what happens in the U.S. market in, in effect will affect the rest of the globe adversely so. Yes. So we, we really need uh, Congress to chaperone what is happening in the tech space and the valuation that is coming out. Because a lot of these companies go for three, four, ten years without making a profit, but their valuation keeps going. So you start questioning what is the value that is that, that they are bringing into the economy if their valuation mm. is shooting up, but they are not really making money. They are running a big debt book through investments and not really bringing in profits into the economy. And I guess the reminder there at Langamanda as we let this one go is that it's the pensions of working people uh, that effectively are, are gambled in this casino economy uh, that has emerged around many of these people who have amassed a considerable amount of wealth. Yamgela, we'll have to leave it there, my brother. Always a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Yamgela Spengan is a technology researcher speaking to us uh, this evening. And uh, I guess uh, when we speak about value, uh, it's this uh, trade-off between, I guess, narrow accumulation of uh, exchange value here in this case and uh, the societal uh, value and how that is distributed. And and I guess the big question is, what do we make of all of this? Um, the conversation continues. Uh, as always, I love to hear from you. And uh, for some of you uh, who uh, caught Amakesla earlier on, I have shared uh, that image there from uh, Swakop Mund. And we certainly hope that Justice will be able to also see that on his pager. We'll have to leave it here. 9 p.m. is the time. Have yourself a great evening. Take strength, my Africa. Nanguku sasaibanga. Le economy.